At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here, breaking down the card for Week 8 in the NFL. And it has come to the time in the program where we invite Jeffrey Benson and Derek Stevens into the studio here to reveal some contest information, one of our favorite parts of the show. Week in and week out, of course, Derek, the owner and operator of Circa, the D, and also the Golden Gate, and his fearless operational manager of Circa Sports, Jeffrey Benson, joining us here on the Pro Football Blitz. Gentlemen, uh, we want to, of course, reveal the Consensus Five and also the most popular picks in Circa Survivor, but we were just talking before we came on air here about the strategy in Circa Survivor. You added a little bit of a bonus uh, uh, twist to the contest, if you will, this year, that you could get paid out additional dollars if you saved the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Kansas City Chiefs until the final week. Maybe explain that a little bit and how that's going through what is almost half the season so far. Yeah, you know, we uh, we, we uh, added this little bonus kicker of a million dollars if you happen to have the Chiefs or the Buccaneers um, available for the last week of the season. And if you select one of those teams, you, you have to get there, obviously, but right. if you select one of those teams and that team wins, you, uh, you're you eligible for an extra million-dollar bonus. It could be one person, could be chopped with 10. Um, but, you know, back in August, I was saying, let's not overthink this. You know, you're going to have to pick 20 winners, 20 different teams. So if you look at it inversely, you almost have to look at it by saying, there's only 12 teams this season you're not going to take. So right. you have to write off the Lions, write off the Giants, write off a few others. Well, you know, you're going to need to have have uh, have some of these teams, and I think the, the, the Bucks and the Chiefs have a lot of great opportunities throughout the season. So I've always thought that if I got to play in it, even though that bonus is there, I would not focus on that. I would use the Bucks. I would use the Chiefs when you need to use them throughout the year. And Jeff, you kind of backed that up, and you said it seems the sediment so far in the contest is is that people have kind of scrapped that possible bonus, and most people are using those teams. Yeah, I think when you look at the counts by popularity through the first you know seven weeks here, and then leading into week eight, it, it doesn't feel like a lot of people are going towards that bonus based on the number of people who have used the Chiefs and the Bucks through eight, eight weeks here. James, I'll ask you real quickly before we get to the reveal: Have you used either the Chiefs or the Bucks or both? It's interesting. So the Bucks I used last week, but if you look all the way down the season, you look at that last week for the Bucks. Yeah, they're going to be playing at home against Carolina, but are the Bucks going to need that game? Where are they going to be sitting? They may have they're 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 clearly, and we'll find out tomorrow when they're going to be playing the Saints. Big divisional game there, and I think a big payback spot for the Tampa Bay Bucks, considering how they got swept last year by New Orleans. But I don't know if they're if the Bucks are going to have anything to play for 
on that final game as opposed to where does Kansas City sit right now? I still have Kansas City alive. Where does Kansas City sit? They may need that. They're going to be on the road at Denver, and we've seen how Denver's really spiraled down. You may need the Chiefs in that final week to be able to get a win and get in or some playoff perspective in that game where they may need that game in the final in that final week of the season. So I'm going to keep my I'm going to keep Kansas City in my back pocket just for that reason, fellas. All right, Mr. Benson, your turn. The consensus five, the most popular picks in the Circa Millions Part 3. Who were you on this week? Yeah, before we get into that, uh, obviously this is a reminder. This is week four uh, of the second quarter, uh, and the second quarter is five weeks. Uh, So we have uh, this week and then obviously next week to complete the second quarter. Uh, Currently, we have one person who's 14-0 in in this quarter, uh, and then two people who are 13-1-1. Uh, Hannibal Barca with three entries in the top five. Uh, he continues to lead the pack in the Circa Million three. Uh, he has a one-and-a-half-point lead uh, over number two. Uh, he's 29-6 and six this year for an almost 83% uh, selection record. Through, Absolutely through unbelievable. Week, so, Jeff, you said you said our leader for the uh, second quarter was fourteen and zero. He's fourteen and uh, fourteen and one. Fourteen me. and one, right? Fourteen and one, and then right. two people uh, thirteen one and one. Uh, like I said, Hannibal Barca twenty nine and six, and then he also has two. His other two entries are also tied for fourth. Uh, so great start for him in the contest this year, and uh, obviously an exciting end of this quarter. All right. Yeah, he is on quite a uh, quite a run. I know James Salinas and I, we both tied. When we won the Super Contest, he hit 72.5%. Uh, our team hit 72.5%. And through the first six weeks, we were on a pace at 80%. So this guy's really above board here right now at around 83%. All right. The top five picks for Week 8 are, Mr. Benson? The consensus five are as follows. Uh, no surprise, uh, the Vikings plus one and a half at home versus the Cowboys, presumably without Dak Prescott. That was the number one overall selection. 1,661 selections. Uh, working our way down, the Bengals minus ten and a half versus the Jets with 1,219 selections. The Detroit Lions plus three and a half at home versus the Philadelphia Eagles with 1,184 selections. The Colts minus two and a half versus the Titans were the number four overall selection with 1,155 picks. And then last but not least, the Patriots plus five on the road versus the LA Chargers with 1,017 selections. So to recap, Vikings plus one and a half, Bengals minus 10 and a half, Lions plus three and a half, Colts minus two and a half, and the Patriots plus five. Those are the top five consensus in the Circa Million Three for Week Eight, Brady. James, uh, I'm a little bit uh, interested in a couple of those picks. You and I were previewing the Lions and the Eagles game, and it looked like the majority of the people were on the underdog there. And no surprise, they are one of the top uh, five most popular picks here in the Circa Million. And then the other one that is puzzling, I really expect, uh, expected it to be two-way even action with the Patriots and the Chargers. I've seen really mixed opinions on that game. So the Patriots coming out as one of the most popular plays, kind of, you know, much more popularity on that side. Over 1,000 selections for the Patriots, almost 800 selections on the Chargers. James, anything jump out to you with those top five? We talked about the Lions, and good to see the Lions getting some love. Home dog here, plus three and a half. I think it's more so a bet against Philadelphia. And how is Philadelphia going on the road? And I get it. The Lions are the only winless team in the league at this point, but the Eagles really going to go on the road and be a favorite beyond the three, three and a half here. And Nick Sirianni as the coach or the botanist or whatever he is nowadays trying to inspire his team. Uh, I'm with it. I'm, I, I'm, I call it a public dog. I don't care 
care what you want to call it. Sharp, square, just call it a winner because I like the Lions plus the three and a half. All right, let's get to Circus Survivor, Derek. Go ahead. I have one uh, one betting uh, element to this. Uh, it kind of touches on what James said here. And with the Lions being a selection in uh, in the Circus Sports Millions, I ran into, into uh, a fellow last night at the bar. Interesting concept he had. He um, he is betting the Detroit Lions uh, on the money line tomorrow, but he also made a bet on will the Lions go winless, which is still at ten to one. So if he if if he blows his Lions ten to one winless bet, he's, you know he's going to win the win the play tomorrow. But if the Lions blow, you know this number is going to come way it's going to come way down because. Because this is the spot that the Lions are going right. to win it, win a game. Right. So uh, I think this is the last time you're going to see double digits on will the Lions win a game. Uh, um, but you know, after after uh, Sunday night, if uh, if Philly beats them, I, I think you know this number is going to start going down. And at some point, I don't think it's going to be too far down the road where where it's going to be a favorite. You're a you're a Michigan guy, of course. What's your opinion on the Lions? They're going to win. No, I'm a diehard Lions guy. So usually by week eight, I'm I'm rooting that they lose because I'm always rooting for the first round draft pick. <laughs> I've been doing that for thirty years. The problem is they can't draft either. But uh, but no, I don't. I uh, I'm I'm not jumping on the Lions. I mean, I like the way they're playing for Dan Campbell. I mean, that game against the Rams last week was unbelievable. It was a very fun NFL game to watch. Yes, threw everything out there they possibly could, and uh, and still blew. So I'm I'm a. Uh, I'm not sold on the Lions right we, now. We open that 0 and 17 prop. We open it 17 to one for them to go uh, 0 and 17, and it's been all one way action on the year. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, Circus Survivor. Who are the top selections in Week Eight for Circus Survivor? Yeah, Circus Survivor. So this is uh, hot off the press. Literally, the papers warm when I see Jeff right because right when I come out here because you know the cutoffs at three o'clock. Um, the the lead um, selection. Um, which was what we what we really kind of thought, and it matches up with uh, with our millions. Is the Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. with uh, 871 selections? Uh, number two is the Kansas City Chiefs at 734 selections. Number three, the LA Rams at uh, 208. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at 206, and then the uh, LA Chargers at 38. Then it sprinkles its way down. Uh, a total of 17 teams selected. So we know we're going to have some. Somebody's getting knocked out this weekend. Um, we have a total of two thousand one hundred and thirty-one entrants um, going into today at three o'clock. That has now been reduced by seven because there were seven non-selections, unfortunately. And I'm about the point where it's beyond a public service. I'm going to start telling people get a proxy. Yeah. Don't. I mean, now now we're talking about some real serious money. You get through week eight. I mean, you, there's a little light at. There's a little light at the end of the tunnel here, um, but uh, God, I hate to see these uh, no no selections coming in. But anyway, just to reiterate, it's Bengals number one, Chiefs, Rams, Bills, and Chargers um, is uh, are the top five on the Circus Survivor selection. And one other quick note: uh, Cardinals uh, had six selections. Obviously, that was the Thursday night football game versus the Packers. They go down. Uh, so with the seven no picks, uh, the six on the Cardinals already reduced by thirteen uh, selections this week. James, are you in on any of those uh, top five most popular selections? I'm on two of them. I have two. I have three selections alive. I have two on the Bengals and one on the L.A. Rams. Okay, you know, I thought the uh, Chargers was interesting. You've got the Patriots as one of the most popular plays in Circa Millions, and then you have 38 selections on the Chargers, James. Do you find that peculiar? 
Well, maybe you're playing two different contests. If you're thinking about the contest, you're getting the points on one and the other one for the Chargers. Maybe this is the payback spot. I don't know. I that's that's probably one where I'm I would stay away from that one trying to pick that winner. You're going with Bill Belichick. I know they throttled him last year. Maybe that's some payback revenge there. But Eckler is questionable. He did not practice this week with a hip injury. He's key for the Chargers. Not a team that I'd be playing. Right now. All right, gentlemen. Thank you very much again. Enjoy Week Eight in the NFL. We'll do it again next weekend. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Good luck. Happy Halloween indeed. I saw some of your costumes on Twitter this week. Good stuff, my man. We'll be back with more of the Pro Football Blitz in just a moment right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, and citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. Just finishing up the segment where we reveal the circus selections for the circa millions contest the five consensus plays and then also the top five or six most popular plays in circus survivor and james i certainly don't think uh many of these picks were surprising the minnesota vikings were plus one and a half in the contest and for people that aren't familiar with the circa millions or the westgate super contest these lines are made on wednesday or thursday kind of a projected line where the books might think they will close what have you and there was Zach Pre- or Dak Prescott news that came out later in the week, the sore calf, and the Vikings have flipped to a two-and-a-half or three-point favorite here. So certainly advantageous in the contest in a lot of people's minds to take the Vikings at the plus one-and-a-half number. You also have the Indianapolis Colts, who were at plus, or excuse me, minus one in the contest, and now all the way up to minus two-and-a-half or minus three. So certainly some line value plays, but we talked about that Patriots and Chargers game. I really thought that would be split down the middle, James. Surprised to see, uh, you know, the Patriots getting more interest there than the Chargers in that game. Yeah, except for the except for the Survivor likes you talked about, right. and the fact that we had as many folks on the Chargers in the Survivor, and looking at the Chargers schedule, I just think there's better games on the schedule down the road for the Chargers. Now you got to survive all the way down there to Week 14 when they're hosting the Giants, or Week 17 when they host the Denver Broncos. But I wouldn't want to be going against this Bill Belichick team right now. The way, you know, I think for if they were able to exercise some home demons yet last week against the New York Jets and. Mac Jones just looks better and better each week. And I know he had a, a really good game last week, and it was the New York Jets. But 
Thinking about the Chargers on the other side, I think the biggest concern for me is the fact that Austin Eckler is questionable for this game, but not practicing this week. He practiced Wednesday, then came up lame and limp with his with his hip again and did not practice Thursday or Friday. Those are big concerns for me because he is such a difference maker for that offense. Gives them balance. Obviously, the leading rusher, terrific out of the backfield catch of the football. And now you're going to go against Bill Belichick and the young Justin Herbert. That's going to be an interesting matchup. I didn't know which way to go with that game, so I didn't play it. I obviously didn't play it in Survivor, but I didn't play it in the contest either. Yeah, no, I didn't touch that game either. I think you can make real strong cases for either side there. And, of course, we will touch on that game uh, as we roll through the program here. I do want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. That is the game next up on our card here to dissect Mr. Salinas. And uh, I thought it was a little bit surprising that they were the second most popular selection in the contest. Uh, We'll break down this game a little bit further here in just a moment. Moment, but uh, you know, I mean, is is that one of your selections? Were you on the Bengals laying all those points? I I I, I tend to doubt no. it. No, definitely not. Uh, I mean, you look where the Bengals are and where the Jets are, and man, how much how much confidence is, is continues to just build and breed for Joe Burrow and that young football team in Cincinnati, going into Baltimore and handling them, especially the second half, the way that they did. And it's just, I just don't like the the spot, the scheduling spot here so much for the Cincinnati Bengals. Where you look at coming off that big win last week, big division opponent on the road at Baltimore. Well, in following week here next week in week nine, they'll be taking on the Cleveland Browns, another big divisional game. And you put that in between with the bad Jets team here. I don't think the I think for the Bengals, I'm just not sure if they're going to play for full 60 minutes. Maybe they kind of sleepwalk through that first half, kind of similar to what they did in that Thursday night game a few weeks back. I think it was week four at home against Jacksonville where they were a complete no show, then woke up in the second half and handled their business, but did not cover the number in that in that respect against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, I can see why. I mean, you just think about where the Jets are now on the injuries that they've had. There's nothing I want to do with the Jets in this game and probably nothing I want to do with the Jets anytime soon. No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, the Bengals were a team that was 25 or 30 to one to win the AFC North division preseason. They're currently the number one seed in the AFC conference. They've beaten the Vikings, the Steelers, the Ravens. They're five and two on the year. They come off of that huge win over those Baltimore Ravens, winning outright as six point underdogs in that game. And now they go into the role of double digit road favorite, laying 11 to face the New York Jets on the road. James, I've played the Jets a few times this season. I've lost twice, and I won once when they were uh, an underdog there to the Tennessee Titans, the only game that they've won this season. And you kind of alluded to it here. I think it looks like a spot where you hold your nose and you take the Jets because of that awful situation for the Bengals. They go from underdog that wins outright to a big road favorite and then the scheduling spot a huge win one of the one of the biggest wins in their franchise history over the Baltimore Ravens and then in week nine they face the Cleveland Browns this is really a flat spot in the schedule but I can't get uh I can't get behind the Jets at all they just uh I, I mean this team looks historically bad if the Texans I mean the Texans and the Jets look really awful I, I can't get myself to take the points even though the spot and the situation tells us we probably should 
thing you think about the spot for the Bengals now, but this isn't a team that had this was yeah Joe Burrow coming back. What was he going to look like? Was he going to be available to play in Week One with that big knee injury and a really major surgery that he had late in the season last year? How effective was he going to be? A lot of young players on there, and then a coach on the hot seat really, and a lot of talk about in the off season was Zach Taylor and some of the questionable moves he was doing last year. Well. Yeah, egg on everybody's faces that was really doubting what the Cincinnati Bengals were going to look like this year. I mean, they've been sensational and playing at such a high level and playing outside of that that Jacksonville Jaguars game where they sleptwalked through that first half like we detailed. They've been bringing it each and every week. And I think that's the one thing when you look at a big favorite, are you going to have flat spots? Yes, but how? where's your motivation come from? And I think for the Cincinnati Bengals, they're such a young team. I think they want to feel like they got something to prove week in and week out, regardless of who their opponent is. That Yeah, it was a massive win last week against Baltimore and another big divisional showdown against the Cleveland Browns come week nine. But right now, on the other side with the Jets, you just lost Zach Wilson for a few weeks. You're going to have Mike White. He was thrown into his first NFL contest last week. And really, it was check down Charlie for Mike White and tough situation for him to go into going against Bill Belichick on the road and an angry and hungry Patriots team that had lost. Had, oh, what they 0-3, 0-4, I forget what it was. They hadn't won a game at home yet, so they took it out on the Jets. But really, he just was checking down to Michael Carter each time. If anything, I was looking in here, was looking into the props because I'm not going to lay the number with the Bengals. I already have them in a couple plays for Survivor, so I'm just looking for them to to do it really in advance here. But if you look at the Jets, beat up. They're beat up on, obviously, at the quarterback position. The offensive line has been banged up. Their top receiver, Corey Davis, did not practice on Friday. He's listed as doubtful right now with a hip injury. I don't suspect he's going to be out there. The Jets have five touchdown passes on the season. Four of those have gone to Corey Davis. Who's going to catch the football? I think it's going to be Michael Carter. I looked at his his stats here. He had he had nine targets, eight receptions for 67 yards in that game last week against the Patriots with Mike White just checking down to his outlet here. I think we're going to see the same thing again. Now, Michael Carter, his receiving yards are sitting at 22 and a half. That's it. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities because Mike White is definitely going to be, not going to be looking over the top against this Bengals defense. He's going to have to get rid of it quickly. So that's probably the only route I would go in this game is Michael Carter over his receiving yard sitting at 22 and a half. Yeah, that defense is really banged up injury-wise for the New York Jets as well. And this was a defense that was maybe the one shining spot of their entire team this season. Started out pretty well on the year, but we've talked about this with a few different teams in the league, kind of the Carolina Panthers story as well. When the offense can't keep up, it just wears out that defense. And now we're seeing that wear and tear on that defense turn into injury. I made the Bengals 11 and a half point favorites here. And both of my sets of metrics came out to exactly that. Uh, very much of a sandwich game for Cincy coming off of Baltimore with Cleveland on deck. And, and am I am I going to tease Cincinnati down to a four and a half point favorite? No, not going to do that either. I just can't find any way to get involved in this game, James, because of the situation for Cincinnati. And um, sure, you know, you've got him as the second most pick or most popular pick here in the consensus five in the circa million. They could absolutely roll the Jets, but I am going to stay away from this game. I think this is a pretty easy game to pass. Uh, speaking of Cleveland, before visiting Cincinnati next week, James, they will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. And Pittsburgh is at 500, 3-3 three three on the season. They are off of a bye. 
The Browns are at four and three. They're also on extra rest, having defeated the Denver Broncos last Thursday night. It looks like Baker Mayfield is going to start at quarterback despite the shoulder issues. And figuring it was going to be Case Keenum, James, I made this number four in favor of the Cleveland Browns. It opened at three, went to three and a half. And right now, even with Baker in the lineup, we are at a consensus four in favor of the Cleveland Browns, 42 and a half year total. We'll get your thoughts on the other side as we roll to break here on the Pro Football Blitz. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns next up on the Pro Football Blitz right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Sports Betting National Championship is coming up November 5th through the 7th, and VSIN will be there to provide coverage for the main event all weekend long, including live on location updates for all the action. Visit slash SBNC for more information. And learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills, win cash, including the million-dollar top prize. That's vcin.com slash SBNC. Sports Betting National Championship. I am fired up. I'll be out there covering it for vcin next week. Of course, we will still be doing the Pro Football Blitz. James, that should be quite an atmosphere in New Jersey for the Sports Betting National Championship. Before we went to break there, I was introducing the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both of these teams are coming off of extra rest. Pittsburgh comes off of a bye. Cleveland played last Thursday night, so I don't know how much of an advantage there is rest-wise for either team. Uh, I was a little bit surprised to see that Baker Mayfield will start this game. He does have the shoulder issue. Uh, I kind of went into the handicap early in, early in the week uh, thinking that Case Keenum was going to be the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, a uh, little bit of a struggle right now at 3-3 three and three at 500, currently bringing up the rear in the AFC North division. How do you see this one playing out, James? Currently the number four in favor of the Cleveland Browns, 42.5 for your total. This is going to be a very physical football game, and we're going to revert back to some old-school football. I'm looking forward to this game here. I think we know what the identity of the Cleveland Browns are, regardless of who's going to be running the football. We saw that last Thursday against the Denver Broncos. No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hump. Well, we know our scheme. We have our zone blocking <laughs> scheme and find that cutback lane, and that's exactly what Dearness Johnson did. That was his first start as a young running back and had 146 yards and a touchdown in that game against the Denver Broncos, and they committed to running the football and made a few key throws here and there. Did Case Keenum, the veteran quarterback that he is, to move the sticks? It was really windy in that game. The other piece with that, Brady, is keep in mind for the Denver Broncos, their linebacker core is decimated. It was decimated in that game before that game then von miller went out with an ankle injury in late in that first half in that game so they were down to they had no linebackers left in a sense and you're plugging in new linebackers that you have to have gap discipline control you have to be disciplined on those cutbacks against that zone blocking scheme and that's where denver was really susceptible to some big runs well 
Pittsburgh knows how to play that. They play these guys each and every year, and now with Stefanski being the coach, they've seen that. They saw that three times last year, and in particular, the last time they saw it was when they got throttled in that wild card playoff game, and really, it was just it was never in the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were down 28 to nothing in that first quarter. Big Ben, I know he threw for 500 yards, but so much of that was in garbage time because he had four interceptions in that game, too. So Steelers have had the bye week to, to lick their wounds and get healthy and also all offseason. Remember how their season ended last year against the Cleveland Browns. I think it's going to be a tight game, a very physical game. Both teams are going to be running the football, so I think it's going to be a short game as well at, with with Big Ben, he doesn't throw the ball and push the ball down the field. A lot of short passes coming out of him. I think this clock is going to run. The total's a little too small for me here, but with the Steelers, they were plus four. Now, on certain sites out here in Brady and Colorado, you can get in here and I can look at the alternate lines. And so instead of plus four, I took plus four and a half for an extra five cents. Laid $1.15, got it up to four and a half. That's where I'm at with the Steelers, plus four and a half, minus 15 cents. Yep, uh, absolutely makes sense to me. When I go deeper into my numbers, I mentioned that I made it four in favor of the Browns, but when I started to look at all the statistics, uh, it really revealed a play towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. They came out as the side when I look at all of my numbers. Uh, You talk about the Cleveland Browns. uh, They have been banged up, really bitten by the injury bug all season long, but we saw how well that offensive line played even when they were banged up, that running scheme that you talk about. They do expect to get Nick Chubb back in this game. The Steelers' offense has been anemic. You talk about possibly looking at under the total here. And their defense, really, when you look at the numbers, has actually been more average than kind of as advertised. We think about this defense as being really, really good. Interesting numbers here for Pittsburgh as well. Playing on the road in Cleveland since 2017, Ben Roethlisberger has led his team to point totals of 17, 21, and 7. Big Ben has also fumbled in each of his last three games. He has seven touchdown passes and seven turnovers on the season. It's really hard for me to do anything with this game. Uh, I actually lean a little bit to the Browns, but you know I think you're spot on taking a few more points there with Pittsburgh. I agree with you, James. This is going to be a very hard-fought, close division battle. And thinking about the injuries, you talked about Baker Mayfield, and he's gutting it out right now. Torn labor and whatever else happened in his shoulder, that's not going to heal. He's going to have to have off-season surgery with it. Now, uh, it's not his throwing shoulder. We know that. But when he hurt that earlier in the season, we saw he was wearing a harness, and that made it difficult for him with some of his accuracy. It really impacted how accurate he was with the football Now you look at the receiver core for the Browns in this game. Donovan Peoples-Jones will not be in this game. He is out with a groin injury. And both OBJ and Jarvis Landry, they're both going to be in this game, but they're both really nicked up. That game against the Broncos was a very physical game. The receiving core got banged up. We talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones as well as Beckham with his shoulder. He landed hard on his shoulder. He's still coming back from his knee surgery from last year. And then Landry really, he landed awkwardly with his knee. So he's got a bad wheel. I know it says they're they're both going to play as a big divisional game, but they're not 100% at this point. I just think it's going to be such a, a low-scoring game, a close game that way. That's where I'm taking that four and a half. The final game in the early window will take place at Soldier Field in Chicago, where the Bears are at 3-4. and four. They actually have a better record than this week's opponent, the San Francisco 49ers, who are at 2-4, and four, and yet Chicago 
is a home underdog. Both teams were handled pretty easily in Week 7. Chicago just steamrolled by the Buccaneers, while the 49ers looking very efficient in their opening drive in that game on Sunday Night Football. You recall, James, uh, they got away from it, and the Colts end up taking that one 30-18 on the road. I made the 49ers a one-point favorite in this game. Now, I was obviously off as it opened up at 3.5, and and we've seen San Francisco go to minus 4, and I dig deeper into my numbers, and I have one set that tells me 49ers by 5.5. I have another set that tells me 49ers by 2. So I am very conflicted here number-wise. I kind of like San Francisco on the money line. I would rather go that way than lay any points here, and I think you mentioned this a little earlier in the program. You kind of like the Bears' side with the 4 or 4.5. I do like the Bears side and it's very same same exact scenario where it's sitting at plus four for the Bears. You can go and find the alternate line, pay another five cents to get to the four and a half. And that's what I did. And I, I know maybe the, the three and the seven are always going to be key numbers. I don't know if four and six are as key anymore like they used to be just with the PAT and all the exploits with chasing points and how we get some really weird kind of scores nowadays. But I did take it to four and a half here with the Bears. And I look at it from this standpoint, thinking about the 49ers. Very very physical game that they lost last week against the Indianapolis Colts at home. I know the weather was just playing in a monsoon, but I just don't understand what the 49ers are doing. I don't understand what coach Kyle Shanahan is doing. They started off pounding the football. Elijah Mitchell, I know they're very young at the running back position. A lot of rookies back there. A lot of injuries again to this San Francisco team on both sides of the football. Very similar to last year, but Getting away from the running game, they were very successful with it, and then it became, well, let's just have Garoppolo slinging around in the sleet and the in the monsoon that it was there in in Santa Clara where they played that Sunday night football game and got away from the offense. This is just not a team that I I can't put my finger on where San Francisco is. What is their identity? Are, are what do they want to be? What does Kyle Shanahan want them to be? I just don't know. I thought it was going to be the running game, but they got away from it so quickly. And now we look at the injuries for the 49ers. Now, you talk about the defensive side. Javon Kinlaw has been banged up in and out of the lineup. He's gone for the season. He's having surgery. He's finished for the year with his knee injury. Also up front, key lineman, defensive lineman. D Ford is not going to play. Maurice Hurst not going to play. Ebicom up on the front line is not going to play. That secondary for the 49ers was already thin. Now safety tart. One of their leading, t- he's their leading tackler on the back end for the 49ers. He's not going to play. And this is a secondary that's already very thin and not very talented. They lead the league in pass interference penalties. They have 11 of them so far this season. And then you have the offensive side with Garoppolo back there. Not going to have Killigan this week. And now looking over his shoulder, Trey Lance will be active for this game on Sunday against Chicago. What does that look like with now the quarter, the, the two-headed quarterback coming in? I just feel like Garoppolo plays with no confidence and not on the other side that that the young Justin Fields is playing with much confidence. But what we won't have to be confident in is Matt Nagy making calls and making decisions on the sideline for the Chicago Bears. And that's part of my handicap. We talk about handicapping coaches to Brady, the fact that he's not there, he's going to be out due to COVID. Now it fully, squarely falls on Bill Lazor to call the plays, call the game. He's going to be running the football like we've seen, and it's going to be the special teams coach that's actually going to be taking over as the head coach in this matchup against San Francisco. But not having Nagy there, 
I don't think that's such a bad thing. That kind of favors the Chicago side for me. I just don't see the 49ers being in a predicament right now offensively or on the other side with all the injuries to the defense that they're going to go into Chicago and go cover this four-plus or four-and-a-half number, which I got here, again, laid the 15 cents. I totally agree with you, James. We'll talk about this a little more on the other side. I actually think it's going to help the Bears quite a bit that Matt Nagy will not be on the sidelines. Of course, he is uh, has succumbed to COVID protocol. He will not be there for the Chicago Bears in this matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, takes over, calling the plays at Soldier Field. We'll be right back on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, total, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas back inside the Pro Football Blitz with you, breaking down the card for Week 8 in the NFL. And James, uh, just a couple more notes about the last segment. We were talking about the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears game. Uh, Matt Nagy will miss the game per COVID protocol, and uh, I'm actually considering making a play on the Bears because of this. We talked about how the fact that Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, will be calling the plays, and I think it gives the Bears a much better chance to win. If you look at Justin Fields, you know his stat sheet has not been very good at all, but he's been very efficient when running play action, and for some reason, Nagy continues to go away from that. I do not think Bill Lazor will. I think you're going to see a lot of play-action passing for the Chicago Bears with uh, Lazor in there calling the plays, and I think that will lead to their success. I really don't know what to think of San Francisco, uh, but taking uh, better than a field goal, well over a field goal here with four points with the home dog here, I think could cash a ticket. Well, and Bill Lazor, let's get back to old school, run the football. He did it last year when he took over the play calling duties. Now they had David Montgomery last year and they pounded the ball and that's how they got themselves back into playoff contention because they ran the ball and Matt Nagy gave up the play calling and he's done that the last few weeks. Well, think about what's happened the last few weeks. I know going into Tampa Bay, that's gonna, they're going to be blitzed with Tampa Bay. That front seven, that offensive line just can't, they can't hang and really feels just got, it was such a beating but the one thing they did, they still tried to attempt to run the football here. And I know they're down they're, they're down to their third string rugging back here, in a sense, with Khalil Herbert, the rookie out of Virginia Tech. But the last three weeks, he's gotten carries of 18, 19, and 18 yards and had a 100-yard game last week against Tampa, 97 against Green Bay, and 75 against the Raiders. They will, with we're talking about Bill Lazor, you talked about the play-action pass and needing that to help Justin Fields take some of the pressure off the 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 pass rush that comes his way. Well, I think you're going to see a commitment to running the football here. And and I because of the defense, too, you t we, we mentioned in the last segment, Brady, all the injuries to San Francisco. It's looking very similar to what happened last year to the San Francisco team and how, how they were decimated with injuries. Maybe not quite as many big names here, but we've seen Garoppolo go back on the shelf again. We see Kittle back on the shelf again, and a number of players on the defensive side 
I think the Bears are going to really try to dominate time of possession here and run the football. One of the props I was looking at here that kind of correlates with that is is Herbert and how many carries will he'll he'll get. He's sitting at 15 and a half, juice to the over at a dollar 20. Well, you consider even last week in a blowout, he had 18 carries. He's averaged 18, 19 and 18 the last 3 weeks. I like that sitting at 15 and a half, especially against a decimated San Francisco defense right there. I'm going to play that too right here while we're talking about it. I'm going to talk myself <laughs> into the bet, taking Khalil Herbert over 15 and a half attempts at $1.20. All right, very good. And, of course, we will get to our best bets in here in just a moment, and that is one of yours, the Bears plus four and a half at minus $1.15 on the money line there. James, you were also talking about some key numbers and uh, related to teasers, teasing through the three and the seven and the four and the six, and how important are they? Uh, if you check your Twitter timeline uh, there, uh, there was a uh, study that was done earlier this week by a friend, uh, Ralph Michaels. He's a local handicapper here in Las Vegas, and he put out some research that he did on all of the numbers, where games are landing in the NFL from 2010 to 2014, and then now 2015 through the current season through week seven in 2021. Now, three is still the most popular number, uh, about 14.5% of the time uh, NFL games are landing on three. The number four has actually decreased a little bit uh, recently. 71 games have landed on four. That is uh, just over 4%. Back from 2010 to 2014, it was almost 6%. But numbers six and eight have increased quite a bit. And that's the point you make, James, going for two, the extended extra point distance, and guys are missing a lot of those. So the number six used to be just under 6% on how many games landed on six. Now it's over 7%. And the number eight, it was about 3.5% years ago. And now eight, you've got almost 4.5% of the games landing on the number eight. So if you check your Twitter feed there, at uh, CalSportsLV, that's Ralph Michaels, a good friend of uh, all of our handicapper industry here in Las Vegas, and he put that out. Very helpful information and very interesting, especially when you're thinking about teasers and whatnot, where these games are landing with the adjustments to the rules. And uh, let's go to a teaser that I played here, James. We talked about both of these teams earlier in the program as we shift over to our best bets. I did a two-team six-point teaser on the Carolina Panthers, teased them up to plus nine against the Atlanta Falcons, and then we mentioned this about the Titans and the Colts game. Uh, the Colts, you can still find them favored by two and a half, and I was able to tease the Tennessee Titans up to eight and a half. So one of my best bets, a couple of dogs there, Panthers up to plus nine, Titans up to plus eight and a half. Think about, well, we talked about the Panthers and trying to stay within that number. are going to have to hopefully Darnold can find his find some type of confidence going forward where he's at getting benched last week. And I know that, that, that uh, Matt rules talking about, yeah, he's our quarterback going forward. Well, they don't have much choice. P.J. Walker is not going to be a quarterback that, that that's going to take over unless it's due to injury to Sam Darnold, but it's the defense I think that I would be betting on here, and I think that's probably where you're betting here with the Carolina Panthers to keep them competitive against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons starting to find their way offensively the last few weeks, although beating up on some bad football teams. 
Although, Brady, now there's so many bad football teams out there. Everybody's beating up on bad football teams. <laughs> bad football teams are beating up on bad football teams. So I think we, we've got to consider where it's a matter of who you played, but also everybody's kind of playing. They have their fair share of bad football teams. Now, when you're talking about the Panthers, but as far as the other side with that with the Titans, yeah, I think that's that to me that's a field goal game. I'm not sure which side either way. I think the Colts are going to have to have a very desperate effort in this game. Pretty much they lose this game. At home to the Tennessee Titans, they fall three games and essentially four games behind the Titans in the race for the AFC South Division Championship because they will have lost the head-to-head tiebreaker being swept by the Titans this season. So big game coming up here. I think both those teams are going to be trying to establish the run, and it's going to be a tight game, field goal game, so getting eight and a half, and there's that eight. You talked about the key number of eight and what that percentage was. You got an extra half to your credit. Yeah, absolutely. I love getting that over the eight and just like a seven, getting on the right side of seven as well. Uh, One of my teams here, and this is kind of a very basic, this goes back to, you know, handicapping 101 in your earliest introduction to this type of thing, James, in the NFL, you look at an underdog that has a good defense. And that is the Carolina Panthers, an underdog catching points with a pretty darn good defense. So that was part of my play as well. And you're right. Both of these teams aren't very good. The Falcons have been improving. But, uh, you know, and that's why I didn't want to just take the three points. Wanted to tease it up uh, to nine with Carolina. Gives me a little bit more comfort there. Uh, But I did just go with the straight line on the New Orleans Saints. Again, an underdog at home in this case, that has a very good defense. I was very impressed with the New Orleans Saints defense on Monday night when they beat the Seattle Seahawks. They have a little bit of trouble getting to the quarterback, and they'll certainly need to do that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was able to get the full six points with the New Orleans Saints. That's as high as I've seen the line. We've seen it come all the way down to four now. I still don't think this is a bad bet at four and a half, and I know that's a key number that you've played with a couple of your best bets, but uh, I think the Saints are going to show up here. You talk about there's kind of a a couple of different revenge scenarios here. Of course, the Saints swept Tampa Bay in the regular season last year, but then the Buccaneers returned the favor in the playoffs and knocked the New Orleans Saints out into the offseason. Right. So that's where we saw over the course of the entirety of the season, Tom Brady and company really starting to work themselves out together offensively because they didn't have an off season back in 2020 no preseason games we know all of that but now looking at this is a big game obviously it's a huge divisional game and for both these teams it's going to be a great environment that game is going to feel like a playoff game full capacity crowd in the superdome and the intensity level is going to be ratcheted up I think it's going to be a very physical game on both sides of the football for each of these teams. My concern with the Saints going into this matchup is where they sit right now currently on the offensive line. And with, I know Andrus Pete, I think he's going to be out for the season. They lost left guard, Andrus Pete. The weak link is Cesar Ruiz on the right side at right guard. And then Eric McCoy is back at center, uh, but he was out for six weeks on IR. And I think we saw some rust in that running game against that Seattle defensive front. Well, This is a terrific defensive front for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You look at who they're going to be having a battle with on the in in the interior with those a gaps with both Indomitian Sue and Vita Vea getting after it. I think that's where the this game is going to be won and lost for both teams. It's going to be right in the trenches. But defensively, love what we see out of the Saints. We saw Demario Davis on on Monday night flying around making plays like a crazed dog. That was a lot of fun. And Marshawn Lattimore going to get into it with Mike Evans. Got to keep their cool. No 15 yard penalties on either side. This is going to be a great matchup. It's going to be feeling like a playoff game. All right, we'll be back with more in just a moment. Keep it here on the Pro Football Blitz. 